Hey there! Welcome to the Imperfectly Pollyanna podcast. I am your host, Courtney, a faith-filled homeschool mom of two, licensed medical professional, certified health coach, and eternal optimist. Here at the podcast, we talk about real life, always imperfect, but always finding the good. I'm so glad you're here. One of my biggest pet peeves is laziness. Don't get me wrong, I have my fair share of lazy moments, so I'm preaching to the choir here, but it's things like not throwing away trash, someone leaving trash next to the trash can in the bathroom, the clothes not being put in the laundry basket, but instead just like right next to it, I don't understand, or my kids doing their work halfway, a coworker not taking a few extra minutes to put something away. Well, these things are more, they just, they just annoy me, you know, they're just an irritation. Which also means I sometimes annoy myself because I can have 20 things to get done in a day and choose to sit and binge watch a show for way longer than I care to admit right now. It's my own fault, of course, when I'm then panicking at something needing to be done at the last minute. This past weekend, I was a guest on a show called The Cross. If you didn't catch it live on YouTube, it's still up and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. We had a really good conversation about raising kids, taking them and their education back for the Lord, as well as asking the question if lying to our kids about Santa would hinder their faith. Part of that conversation, we brought up the point of how our kids are, they're going to learn things, whether we want them to or not, sometimes from us, (laughs) sometimes from the world. And there are some topics that are not appropriate, no matter who tells you otherwise, that should not be learned at school. The problem is we have become a generation that has this idea that our kids are going to be exposed to and learn about things that are just a part of growing up in the world today. We have accepted the lie that it's normal for our children to figure things out on their own. But that, in my opinion, is lazy parenting. Are there things that we can't control? Yes. Are there things our kids will learn from someone other than us? Also, yes. But that doesn't mean we sit back on the couch with our feet propped up, throwing our hands in the air like, well, I learned that way and and I turned out just fine. But did you really? When you look at your past, all the experiences and lessons learned, then when you look at where you are in your life right now, are there things you hope differently for your kids than what turned out to be true for you? I'm not talking about just one thing. I'm talking about your education, your job, your health, your spiritual walk, your relationships. If you turned out perfectly, then congratulations. However, for the vast majority of people, we all have things that we are reaping the consequences of based on how we were raised and the exposures we had. Now, hold with me here. I don't want you to get the idea that you are in a place now that was not meant for you to be because that goes against everything else I've ever said here on the podcast, right? The idea that we are here for a reason, we have been chosen for this time, and there is nothing that has been a surprise to God. This is all true. All those things that we have been through, the scars that we have, they've made us who we are, right? Yet at the same time, it is also true that we are not called to say, Oh, well, I did the things, learned the habits, experienced the consequences, and turned out to be in a place where I was supposed to be, so my kids can do the same thing. (laughs) We are not called to be passive parents. 
brains are not fully developed until we are in our 20s. And for all you science lovers, that's a scientific fact. So why would we hold an underdeveloped brain to the same standard of making decisions and learning things as we do as adults? You wouldn't set a newborn puppy out to survive in the wild alone, so why would you send your child into the world to do the same? Is that extreme? Eh, maybe. But the point is that while we aren't sending our kids out alone, necessarily, we are expecting our kids to learn things on their own instead of guiding them, being active parents, and how to make good decisions, as well as instruct them on how to live in the world, not of it. Something I brought up in the interview on the cross, as well as a recent Instagram story, is how when we are first exposed to evil, it can sometimes be shocking, but other times be seen as a simple compromise made up in a little pretty package. It caters to our desires, feeds on our insecurities, all the while chipping away at our ability to be convicted. Eventually, evil doesn't have to hide anymore. It can walk around in broad daylight and be seen as the norm, all because we have allowed ourselves to chalk it up to just being part of our culture. We see this every day, in the news, on social media, at our workplaces, out in the community, things that are so blatantly wrong and sinful nature, yet are made to seem normal, part of life, and even how we are to show love to our neighbor. We excuse behaviors, rules, treatment of people, acceptance of people, and even excuse how our children are being raised as normal. We've been discussing the topic of raising warriors, and I wanted to make something clear. Raising warriors doesn't mean raising children to learn how to fight. In Exodus 14, 14, the Lord is speaking to the Israelites and says, The Lord shall fight for you, and he shall hold your peace. We don't have to worry or fret over how the battle against evil will be won. See, Jesus already took care of that for us. So there we go. Don't have to worry about that anymore. Do we still have daily battles we have to face? Absolutely. But are we supposed to be fighting them on our own or expecting our children to do the same? Of course not. Our children were not created to fight evil on their own. They are a gift. A gift to you. They have been created for such a time as this, yes, but that doesn't mean they know what to do without guidance, training, and taught how to prepare. When it comes to fighting the evil in this world, it is so much more than knowing right from wrong. It's more than being taught that love is love or love your neighbor by doing what you're told. It is more than being dragged to church on Sunday and forced to say prayer at the dinner table. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Roman shields, this is very interesting, I looked this up. They weighed around 22 pounds. They were approximately 37 to 42 inches tall and 24 to 33 inches wide. They were made by taking three sheets of wood, glued together, and then had canvas and leather covering it. This was to give them as much protection as possible from attack, but also to be able to push back against opponents. When fighting as a group, soldiers could position their shields to form an enclosure around themselves, called a testudo, I guess. I hope I'm saying that right, or a tortoise. This was especially helpful to protect against arrows launched from the walls of the city they were attacking. Shields 
often made of wood and covered in hide when wet, could extinguish flaming arrows. See, the Bible, God, knows what he's talking about. It isn't a book that is removed from reality of things we face today. It's a tool we can use in order to survive the battles we face every day. The armor of God includes a shield of faith to withstand the evil that is thrown at us. How will our children know how to protect themselves from evil if we don't tell them as well as show them? Do you really want the world telling your kid how to stand up against the devil? I feel like that's a rhetorical question. Several months ago, we talked about the belt of truth and holding on to who God is. We searched out scripture to find those answers. When we are setting out for battle, we not only need to know who God is, but we also need to have the shield of faith because the reality is that Satan comes in pretty packages to us and our children until he doesn't have to hide anymore. And the one thing that can not only protect us, but also push back against the lies is the shield of faith. It is a barrier against attack, against doubt, against fear. Because when we know and have faith, it doesn't matter what is thrown at us. We can push back in confidence that the Lord is fighting for us and our faith in him will not be in vain. Teaching our children to have faith in God can sometimes feel like an impossible thing especially when we struggle, ourselves, to have faith in all circumstances. Whenever I lost my best friend in a car accident, my faith stumbled. When my first miscarriage happened, my faith fell hard. When my marriage struggled and seemed to be falling apart, my faith felt lost. When the world became louder than my voice as I tried to reach my kids, my faith seemed to be overtaken by fear. We all struggle. Our faith struggles. But you know what? We can go back to things we do know. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We are told that we need only have faith the size of a mustard seed. Do you know how small that is? I looked it up, of course. A mustard seed is about one to two millimeters in diameter. If you aren't sure of that comparison, look it up compared to a penny. It's not but a blip, seriously. If our faith can move mountains and need only be the size of a mustard seed, and if faith is our shield, even when we stumble in our faith, if it is still there, no matter how small, we can stand against evil. I came across this great verbiage about faith. It says, faith is a protective barrier between us and the schemes of Satan. When we believe God and take him at his word, we remain grounded in truth. The lies of the enemy lose their power and we become overcomers. In that way, faith is our shield. We want our children to be protected, right? We want them protected against getting hurt, viruses, illnesses, bullies, people that want to harm them. We can do a lot of that for them when they are little. However, as they grow, it becomes more apparent that as they become more independent, that they need to know how to protect themselves. Believing in God and taking him at his word seems like a pretty simple thing, or at least it feels like it should be simple, right? Taking someone at their word is what we hope to do when we trust someone. We trust them not to lie to us and to be loyal, right? There is a difference between faith and ignorance. I imagine 
There are people out there in the world today that think if you believe and have faith in God, then you are ignorant. Well, the definition of ignorance is the lack of knowledge or information. Having faith in God is not a lack of knowledge or information. I'm telling you, I know him to be real because of what I've seen him do in my own life. Yes, faith is trusting in someone or something that you cannot see. There used to be a sign in my church that said, faith begins where seeing ends. How many times in life have we trusted in something we cannot see? How many times have we trusted someone, not God, just another human being, to make decisions for us, instruct us, help us, not truly knowing if they would let us down and nobody's perfect, so they probably will at some point. How many times have we let our own children down? I don't know about you, but I feel like I fail a lot. But if I, if we, can raise a child to learn how to walk, eat, climb, ride a bike, drive a car, do laundry, mow the grass, apologize, be kind, then we can also have faith that God is working for us. He is fighting for us. He is teaching us so that our faith can grow and we can take that shield up in confidence to protect from attacks. Not only that, but we are then able to lead our children to do the same, to take up their shields of faith. They may start out tiny, but if we are active in our parenting, deliberate in our decisions, and strong in the middle of adversity, they will see what it means to be a warrior. You might be saying, this is all great, Cordy, but how do I do that? How do I teach them to have faith, to take up their shields, to trust God? And, well, I would be lying if I said I had all the answers. I would also be lying if I said I was doing it all right. But I can tell you some things we are doing that I hope and pray will have a positive impact for my children's future. One thing I'm doing is homeschooling. Yes, that is a deliberate and active parenting decision that we have made. Our reason for starting was a bit different, but now I am in charge of what my children learn, how they learn, and when, and our reasons for homeschooling are very, very strong. That's not keeping them in a bubble and leaving them ignorant about life. It is taking an active step in raising children and not allowing the world to do so. Another thing that is technically still homeschooling, but also something that any parent can do, is using a curriculum called Gather Round. This isn't a paid endorsement, I promise. I get zero money for telling you about this. But Gather Round is a homeschool curriculum company that is that it was created and run by an actively homeschooling mom. It is based off of unit studies. So you can choose the topic you want to learn about and then cover all the necessary subjects while delving into a lot of fun. Now, I know if you're not homeschooling, then you may wonder what that would have to do with you. After all, between the kids going to school, activities, homework, your own work schedule, how in the world could you fit in a full unit study, right? Or maybe you are homeschooling and don't see how you could add one more thing into your curriculum. There are many units, y'all. <laughs> it's 12 lessons versus the full unit, which is 20. Some are, the many units are about government, history, indigenous people, and then there are holiday mini units for both Christmas and Easter. We are currently doing Christmas around the world and learning about 12 different countries, what their traditions are, what the Bible says, and it includes fun activities you can do as a family. We've done the Easter mini unit as well, and I do plan on doing that one again in a few months. 
You could do something as simple as get the teacher's guide and read the lesson aloud as a family, then call it good. Or you could enjoy jumping down rabbit holes to learn more. Do you have to do this specific curriculum to teach your child about faith and God? Of course not. It's simply something we are doing in this season to help bring us and keep us together as a family. Learning about the world, learning about cultures, and learning what all it all has to do with our creator. Outside of homeschooling and doing the unit studies, I am encouraging my kids to do their own devotionals at least five days a week. I found one specifically for boys and another one specifically for girls. My daughter enjoys reading hers to me and we have good discussions on the daily topics. This is a way for them to build a healthy habit that only takes a few minutes and gives them relatable ways that God is present in their life. And they know that I am doing the same every morning. They know that I have my morning devotional time with the Lord. Each night, I pray with them before bed. We discuss if they have any prayer requests, whether about themselves or someone else. Sometimes it's a quick prayer, and other times they admit to feeling sleepy by the time I'm done. I don't try and make it some complicated prayer. I don't try to pretend to suddenly be a deep spiritual person and nothing like how I am during the day. I am real. I tell God about the good things from the day as well as the not so good. I share frustrations with him in the prayer. I share funny things with him. In this way, my kids can see that praying is talking to a friend, giving love and thanks while sharing struggles. It gives them a moment to have an example of how to pray while also building their faith. Of course, we also go to church on Sundays, talk about God other than right before bed or during school time, surround ourselves with those who build our faith and our good influences, call out bad behavior, and explain why it is bad behavior. I apologize when I'm in the wrong. I don't try and pretend I'm someone that I'm not. Everything we do, The choices we make, the words we say, the things we allow our children to be exposed to, it all affects their faith, just like it affects ours. And if you think your child is past the point of being influenced by you, I want to ask you, do you think the world is still influencing them? If so, then keep going. Keep fighting for them. If you think you've already totally screwed up on your parenting, That is not the Lord giving you those thoughts. I am 100% sure of that. Our faith isn't determined by what God does or does not do for us. It is the confidence in what we hope for and evidence of things we do not see. We do not need to see God in order to have faith in him. We can have faith in him because he is not human. He has not failed us even when we felt he has. Our children are put in our care, not just to say, thanks God, appreciate it, before tossing them into the world to be eaten. They are put in our care to teach them, show them, guide them in raising their shields of faith to push back against the evil, to believe and know who is ultimately in control, no matter what doubts come their way. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Those words, I didn't just make that up. They're found in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. You are raising warriors. Don't be a passive parent. Be an active parent. 
Be strong and have courage. Take up your shield of faith and teach your children to do the same. I'm hoping this podcast finds those needing encouragement and support. If that's you, you found a friend. If something in this episode has touched you, would you mind sharing it with someone you know and love? I'm currently doing a giveaway from now through December 20th over on my Instagram page. You can look me up at Imperfectly Pollyanna. It is simple and a fun reminder of Ephesians 6 as we are raising our children the best we can. I hope you continue showing up as we find the good together. Remember, you are loved and I am glad you're here. See you next time.